Hello everyone, welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host, Alec Allian. We got some interesting numbers to go over today, thanks to the 4th of July, where we have a surprise challenger to the summer movie season. Let's start with the domestic top five. So, with 4th of July being on a Tuesday, the numbers are going to work a bit differently. Domestically, the numbers will be in a five-day format to include 4th of July, so, you know, Friday through Tuesday. For international and worldwide totals, those will just be a straight Friday through Sunday. With that out of the way, let's start out with Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which opened to $82 million. Its second place was Elemental, with a fantastic drop of only 34%. It earned $17.9 million for a total of $95.4 million. And third place was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse with $17.8 million for a total of $346.1 million. Fourth place was No Hard Feelings with $11.1 million for a total of $32.9 million. And fifth place was Transformers Rise of the Beasts with $10.7 million for a total of $138.9 million. Oh, and The Flash did finally pass $100 million domestic with it coming in seventh place this weekend. Jesus. It, uh, it only made $7.5 million on the holiday weekend. Ah, uh, yikes. But enough about that bomb. We have another bomb to talk about, and that is Indiana Jones. While it did get better reviews than the ones at Cannes, now fresh and sitting at around 69% on Rotten Tomatoes, it did not help at all as people just didn't care. To make this worse, the reported budget for this is $300 million, so this could end up being a bigger bomb than The Flash. So right now, for Disney, the only high point this year is Guardians, uh, with The Little Mermaid and Elemental both looking to break even, while Indiana Jones bombs. Now, one thing to keep in mind is this new film coming out of nowhere called Sound of Freedom. This is an action film starring Jim Cavazio as he tries to save kids from child trafficking, I believe down in South America. This was previously at 20th Century, before Disney bought them, and it ended up on the shelf. So... This is an older film having been shot back in 2018, right? This is not brand, brand new. Uh, since then, the filmmakers bought the rights back to the film and have teamed up with Angel Studios to distribute. Angel Studios now has a worldwide distribution rights to it, and if you've not heard of them, well, they are a smaller distributor that also uses crowdfunding for their projects. Uh, one of them we actually talked about a few months ago called The Chosen. And yes, some of their productions have a focus on Christianity. Uh, kind of telling the name. Anyway, I bring this all up to set context as Sound of Freedom opened on the 4th of July and came in first place for the day, not for the weekend, but for the day, with 14.2 million. Uh, that's some big numbers for this kind of film. Uh, we will need to see. We know the Christian audience do show up for content geared more toward them. They show up initially. They're a loyal fan base. But what I'm thinking is if this is also just more of a regular action movie, if it gets some hype, it could get other people to watch it. But we'll see. Uh, but hey, look, it's still not great for Indiana Jones. You're day five into your run, and you're already being beaten out by Sound of Freedom on the dailies. Whew, that is, that's rough. Now let's head to China, where, oh boy, it looks like they have their first big movie this summer. Lost in the Stars popped off big time, coming in first place again with $125 million for a total now of $341.6 million. Now, it did have an expansion with more theaters showing it, but still, reception has been positive, and it improved 68% over opening weekend, which is insane. Now, in second place is a new film called Never Say Never, with 
0.4 million for a total of 41.6 million. This is a weird opening because the 27 million over the weekend was just from one day of preview showings and total all the money it has made so far from previews. This is a weird opening because the 27 million over the weekend was just from one day of preview showings. And in total, all the money it has made so far has been just from previews. Uh, the film's official release is on July 6th. Now, this could mean it could be a monster hit, or with all the previous showings, uh, it's going to like, you know, it's going to fizzle out. We'll see. Uh, third place was Love Never Ends with 11.4 million for a total of 48.1 million. Uh, fourth place was Transformers Rise of the Beast with 4 million for a total of 91.2 million. And in fifth place was Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny with 2.4 million. Look, it was never expected to do decent numbers there, and it didn't, so no surprise. Now let's take a look at the international box office, where Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny earned 70 million for a worldwide opening weekend of 130 million, which is just not good. It's very clear this movie is going to cost Disney money. The question now is just how much. Uh, also, another possible bomb is Ruby Gilman, Teenage Kraken, where it earned $7.5 for a worldwide opening weekend of $13 million. Yikes. Uh, this is the latest DreamWorks film from Universal. And yeah, I didn't talk about it domestically. Kind of forgot because of how poor it did. Uh, but yeah, no, it also did come out and it could be a bomb. Uh, the only reason why I'm saying it might not be a bomb is... Reported budget's like 40, 50 million, so might break even. Probably not. I mean, it's going to need, what, 70, 80 million really to break even. So yeah, no, it's going gonna, it's gonna to cost them some money. Transformers Rise of the Beast made another 14.9 million for a worldwide total of 381.3 million. No Hard Feelings earned 6.5 million for a worldwide total of 49.3 million. It's on its way to, you know, looking like it make a small profit at the box office for Sony. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse has passed 600 million worldwide, with it now at 607.3 million, and The Little Mermaid has passed half a billion, with it now at 523.8 million worldwide. A lot of movies now to keep track of, but it is the summer movie season. We start off news in Hollywood with Leandro De Niro Rodriguez having suddenly passed away. He was only 19 years old and was the grandson of Robert De Niro. News of his passing came from De Niro, De Niro, his mother, and uh, Robert De Niro's daughter. Thoughts and prayers, glad to his family. Uh, losing one who was basically still a kid at that age. Yeah, late teenager, but still made rest in peace. Barbie might have some trouble with this international release. As of now, the Vietnam Cinema Department has not approved its release due to a scene where a map is shown and there is a nine-dash line in the South China Sea. The nine-dash line is a hotly contested issue between countries as China claims that it is their territory, while other countries disagree. And it's not just Vietnam that is upset with this, as the Philippines are debating on whether or not to approve the movie's release as well. Some members of the government have said that a compromise could be reached with either the scene edited or having a disclaimer attached to the film. Now, while these are not the biggest box office markets, if this trend does grow in Asia, with a few more countries also banning its release, that could be enough to hurt its international numbers a bit. We'll see what happens. Speaking of Barbie, Tom Cruise has talked about his upcoming Barbenheimer plans in an interview. He plans to see Oppenheimer first on Friday, and then go see Barbie on Saturday. I think that's the way it should be done personally. Look, Oppenheimer is this big, three-hour-long drama dealing with a serious subject. I think you need to see that first. Process it, right? And then have some fun with Barbie. 
Besides what movies Tom Cruise will be watching in theaters soon, reviews have started to come out for Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, and so far, it looks to have knocked it out of the park. Reviews are very positive right now, and it has a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. Over at NBC Universal, we have a bit of a, an executive change, thanks to Mike Cavanaugh, who was put in charge after Jeff Schell was fired. In his first big move, he is creating NBC Universal Studio Group, and is promoting Donna Langley to lead it. She previously was running the Universal Filmed Entertainment Group. In her new position, she will oversee all film and TV studios, and will report directly to Kavanaugh. Along with these changes, Susan Rover, who is running entertainment content for television and streaming, is leaving the company. The upcoming Brad Pitt Formula One film from Apple is filming at an actual F1 race at Silverstone in the UK with both Pitt and Dame St. Idris there to, there to shoot scenes. They will also even have their own pit stop on the track as well. Now, technically, I should put this news in VOD Premium since Apple has not announced a studio to distribute the film in theaters. But considering they have increased the amount of films they are putting into theaters quickly, I think this one will be headed the same way. I mean, look, we went going into this year being Killers of the Flower Moon was the only one getting a, a wide release. And now it's uh, Napoleon, right, and Argyle. So we're already up to three. Uh, if you're going to spend this much money on a Formula One film, I think that, that gets seen in theaters. As for a casting update for Deadpool 3, it looks like Jennifer Gardner is coming back as Elektra. She previously played the role in the Daredevil movie back in 2003, back when Ben Affleck was Daredevil, and then in her own movie in 2005. Considering the way Deadpool 3 is shaping up, this isn't too surprising, though I wonder how big of a role she's actually going to have. We have an update on the release of Challengers, the Zendaya-led film, which will now premiere at the Venice Film Festival on August 30th. It will then be released in theaters September 15th. For trailers, we got two, the first being from Warner Brothers for The Nun 2, with the movie set to come out September 8th. It comes as no surprise, there is a sequel since, fun fact, The Nun is the highest grossing movie in the Conjuring franchise, with $363 million worldwide. Yep, none of the Conjuring movies, mainline ones, have that record. It's The Nun. Apple released a second trailer for Flowers at a Killer Moon. Personally, I was more of a fan of the first trailer, but the movie still looks great. Can't wait to see it. Comes out in theaters and a wider release October 20th. And just like in the last episode, we start off VOD Premium with Peacock, where they announced the Super Mario Bros. movie will be available to stream starting August 3rd. I'm curious with having one of the biggest movies of the year for a period of time before it goes to Netflix, will it actually get them a small increase of subscribers? On a Nielsen Top 10 charts for the first week of June, it comes as no surprise that Avatar The Way of Water debuted in first place, with it being first place on both the Top 10 movies as well as the Top 10 overall, including shows. Now, obviously, being on two streaming services, aka Disney Plus and Max, helps, but is it open to 1.9 billion minutes watched for the week of June 5th to the 11th? In New Zealand, Warner Brothers Discovery and Sky have reached a deal to extend their multi-year partnership with Sky being the home of the company's content. This includes shows from HBO, HBO Max, Discovery, as well as uh, from Warner Brothers. This is different this time around, however, as in part of the agreement, Warner Brothers Discovery will have the option to launch Max in the country, as well as possibly have Max as an option on the Sky platform. Right, you know, where it'd be like an add-on. As the company starts to focus on their international rollout of Max, 
now that you know the rollout's done in the United States, this is important because besides New Zealand, there are some other places where HBO Max is not available. So they can't just flip a switch like they did here. The UK being a perfect example where they also have a partnership with Sky as well. So from what we can tell from this is that they're looking at eventually having Max as a service. They also have a Max channel as an add-on to Sky's services. I guess a good example of this would be uh, like the Max channel on Prime Video. Finally, we finish with Warner Bros. Discovery and Netflix, where the deal to license out shows is completed. As of now, Insecure is available to watch on Netflix, and down the road, a few others will join, including Ballers, Bandit Brothers, The Pacific, and Six Feet Under. For Netflix customers outside of the United States, True Bloods will also be available at a later date. As we talked about a few weeks ago, the shows will still be available on Max as well. And as it for this episode of Box Office Receipts, if you want to follow me on Twitter or Facebook, links to those pages are in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. <laughs>